Texas Tech just put up a 40-minute fight in Lawrence against the Jayhawks. What went wrong for the Red Raiders and how they were able to stay in it coming up on today's first ever video, Locked On Texas Tech. Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. It's so great to be seeing you and talking with you face-to-face. It's a nice change of pace from the audio that we're used to, but we are excited to be here chatting with you today. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. So we just wrapped up watching one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Um, Texas Tech play just an absolutely phenomenal contest in Lawrence. The Red Raiders ended up falling 91 to 94 in double overtime. I've got a lot of thoughts, man, and a lot of analysis to bring. But first, I just got to say, what a fight by Texas Tech. Because, I mean, we were talking on our preview pod, and I was saying, there's no way Texas Tech doesn't cover the six-point spread, right? And and you were saying, like, 95% they'll cover and, you know, if you would have asked me again at the end of the first half, I would have said, no way they covered the six-point spread. I mean, they went into the half only down by a couple of points. I believe it was 36-30. to 30, But the execution on both ends was just horrible. And for them to kind of turn it around in those final two minutes of regulation, it was a whirlwind. But, I mean, Mark Adams' team showed a lot of grit in this one. And, I mean, you just got to be proud with the effort from what we saw. Yeah, this was one of those games that for a long time, it looked like the score was a lot closer than it felt like going into half down six. It felt like it was a 15 point game throughout the second half. Kansas was able to get to like a 12 point lead and it seemed insurmountable. But Tech just kept bringing it back to that six to eight point range. And then finally got a couple of consecutive good possessions, were able to kind of cut it into a one, two possession game. And I mean, at that point, all bets were off and it turned into every time down the floor was a battle and obviously getting it into overtime in the first place was a huge win just because of how far back tech had to battle from and then he got to overtime seemed like everything was going tech's way built up a built up a five-point lead but i mean kansas they've proven time and time again they're so good at winning in the margins winning real close games executing down the stretch and we just saw that again i mean Oshai Abaji obviously had probably the game of his life from a shooting standpoint, but it was everyone from KJ Adams, Christian Braun, all of them had just huge impacts on the game. And I mean, as a team, they were able to come up with just enough grit down the stretch, make just enough plays, especially on the offensive end, getting to the rim, getting second chance points. And unfortunately for Tech, I mean, 
they've played well. At the end of the day, you go into Allen Fieldhouse on a big Monday where Tech, where Kansas has not lost a game on big Monday at home since before I was born. So like, this is a really rare feat to have them on the ropes then. And at the end of the day, you have to be happy with the effort that Tech showed. Obviously, there's things to work on. We'll get into the guard performance later. And certainly, offensively, it was rough at times. Defensively, you had a lot more lapses than I think you've had at various points throughout the season. But just the grit that this team showed and the resiliency, I mean, a lot of times in the past, Tech teams would have folded. And it speaks volumes about their ability to come back and make this a game even with Agbaji having the game of his life and even with a lot of guys on Kansas not playing poorly, it wasn't like Kansas made mistakes to let Tech back into this game. This was a very clean game, I think, on both sides. And at the end of the day, I mean, Kansas wins games like this. And unfortunately, Tech was able to cover, but being able to get the win just wasn't quite on the cards. And you want to talk about winning in the margins. I mean, one thing that this Kansas team has done better than really anybody in the country is just force you into bad shots while getting high quality looks of their own. I was reading a post by our buddy Hunter, also known as at Tech Hoops guy at Red Raider Sports today. And he was telling me that uh, Kansas has the best effective field goal percentage margin in the country. So they're forcing their opponents into really difficult shots while making really good ones of their own. And Texas Tech shot better than Kansas from the field in this game. The Red Raiders shot 47% from the field, which feels like I'm reading the wrong number, but it is what it is. Um, 6 of 20 from deep, 17 of 24 from the line. I mean, this Texas Tech team, they, they shot the ball pretty efficiently, all things considered. I mean, there were times in this game where they had no offense outside of Bryson Williams, and then you had other guys step up. You had Kevin O'Banner just have, like, one of the most dominant sequences of what what will end up being probably his career. I mean, just an insane insane stretch there but I mean Kansas they they did what they did they they won in the margins they had a big advantage on the boards they were plus 12 on the boards tonight plus seven on the offensive boards um, had 19 second chance points to Tex 11 and then obviously those points in the paint which were just killer at the early stretch of that game obviously Texas Tech managed to come back a little bit and um, really just clean up that with Bryson Williams having one of the most ridiculous games of his career. But, I mean, Kansas, man, they just, they, they found a way. And I know that there's a lot of a lot of talk about officiating and the, the two goaltending calls. But, um, I mean, when you've got a guy like Oshayabaji on your sideline, I, I you've got a chance every single night and no game is over until it's over. And Kansas showed that in this one. Yeah, make no mistake, this was probably the best Kansas game in Allen Fieldhouse since the Buddy Heald game in 2016. I mean, you had two heavyweights going right down to the wire. Bryson Williams had the game of his life, and Oshai Baji had the game of his life. I mean, just looking at some of the advanced box score stuff, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like Baji had a VPM of plus 17 and a half, and a net rating of plus 10, which, as far as I'm concerned, I believe that's one of the three or four highest scores I've ever seen in a Tech game. It's up there with Macy Oteague last year, Keenan Evans in the Texas game. It was that caliber of performance. And, I mean, it shouldn't be lost what Tech was able to do in this game with Bryson Williams. I mean, he hit four four threes, ended up with 33 points. You just have to be happy with the effort on that sense. But it's Kansas. They managed to pull out close wins. I think Tech's ability to finish – offensively in the paint was something that we saw in the first game 
And really, outside of a few times in the first half, it was something that continued into this game. And I think that that's a huge positive that you can take going forward because, I mean, it's been a little bit of an inconsistent thing for Tech at times this season. They've had layup opportunities that haven't been there. And while the numbers say that they're shooting 68% at the rim this year, somewhere around there, just it hasn't quite been as clean as you would expect. But tonight, I think in the second half, that was critical. It's just being able to finish on the inside. And unfortunately, even with Tech coming up a little bit short, there was a lot of offensive improvements to be made. And I think we'll get into that in terms of the perimeter shooting and certainly the ball handler play left a lot to be desired. But this was an absolute dogfight. And I don't think you can say anything too negatively about what Tech did tonight because really this is not an easy place to go in and win, especially in the Big 12 on a Monday night and against a Bill Self team that is very well coached and has a guy like Agbaji who just continues to make clutch play after clutch play really really stout performance and I mean there's a lot that feels fixable and so I think that makes this loss a little more bitter than it would have been otherwise like if they would have like come out of halftime and just gotten like run out of the gym it would have been a little bit more understandable than uh, just feeling like they were right there and I know that those losses tend to sting a little bit extra but I think there are tangible ways where Texas Tech can improve I think that specifically there's a number of guys that can just step up and continue to play better basketball down the stretch. And I want to talk about those guys right after our break from a word with our sponsors. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's the new year, and there's a new and updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are here recapping a 91 94 Texas Tech loss against Kansas. Uh, just a tough one to swallow, but like we were mentioning in our last segment, there's a lot that feels like it can get better. And I mean, specifically with with the two guys that have kind of been heralded as the top dogs for Texas Tech. I mean, just completely vanished tonight. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I mean, Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr. combined for seven points on two of 21 shooting from the field. And they had four turnovers. I I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what, what, what even to do to fix this. I don't even know what my suggestion is. I think that, you know, there's like this really weird trend right now in the fan base of like bench Terrence Shannon Jr., give him less minutes, keep him on the bench. I don't think that's the solution. Um, but those those shots, man, and, and the end of those two overtimes were – really really confusing and I've I've got to admit I'm I'm a little bit confused at the coaching and in, in the second overtime whenever you just look at the shots and a, a lot of them were designed for Shannon and McCuller instead of Williams and I know that those two guys have been your best shot makers and they feel like the guys that if you're going to roll the dice you can give it to them but in this one it just it made me scratch my head a little bit I'm I'm a little curious 
See, I'm going to look at this from the opposite side, and I think that Kansas did a really good good job in the second overtime of making sure that they kept the matchup that they wanted on Bryson Williams, and that was K.J. Adams, and Adams did a really good job. Phenomenal, phenomenal game. Yeah, of just front for one, he was good at fronting the post at times to stun and keep keep Tech from being able to enter the ball. He forced when he was losing leverage, he forced the entry pass that was going to have to be made to Williams to be very difficult and at a difficult angle. And Tech just could not get to the baseline to be able to get to that pass. And you had to be able to get to the corner. You couldn't have made that pass from the top of the key or else they would have rotated, gotten in front of the pass. So Kansas did a good job of denying the Bryson Williams entry. Now, to get him the ball, I've mentioned it a million times on this podcast. I think they could have used the short roll. They could have used him as a screener. But I will give Kansas credit here as well. They went small ball for a lot of that overtime, a lot of that overtime period. And so the effectiveness of Williams as a screener was always going to be mitigated. So, I mean, that was a masterclass on how to defend a player that's been ridiculously hot in the post by Bill Self. And you have to give credit there. Was were there ways that Tech could have maximized it? Sure. But at the same time, you're talking about three guys on the court in at the start of overtime and Davion Warren. TJ Shannon and Kevin McCuller that aren't really natural point guards. And then even with Malik Wilson, someone that hasn't really played that role that much this season. So you've got guys that aren't used to having to navigate with that complex of a strategy. And we talk about post-entry passes and like how they have to be good. But at the end of the day, if you're if your opponent is doing some really smart matchup stuff to make that more difficult, a lot of times it can be scary to try to force it in there. So from the standpoint of overtime, I didn't think it was that much of a strategic mistake to have TJ going for all those shots. I also think when Bryson Williams got the ball in the post and they were doubling, he did a good job of passing out. And at the end of the day, you've got to trust those guys. Like McCuller, you've trusted him to be your primary ball handler. You can't switch up on that midway through a game just because he's not shooting well. And the same thing with TJ Shannon. I mean, these guys are supposed to be your leaders, probably your best offensive players as guards. And I mean, it's ugly. There's no way around it. You shoot a combined two of 21. You had four turnovers. I don't even think that really does it justice in the sense that they weren't getting any sort of effective offense off of their drives. So, I mean, that's frustrating. But at, at the same time, I mean, there's really not much that Tech could have done short of benching those guys and just completely rolling the dice. And I know some fans would have wanted to see that. But at the same time, that's just... It's difficult to do when you have two guys that are the face of your program and have been there for so long and have had success. I'm with you, and I'm tracking with you, especially on that KJ Adams point because, like, he was phenomenal, man. Like, if I'm Kansas, he he was my player of the game tonight. I think he finished with six points. I'm not going that far. He was think, unbelievable, man. He was I I, so good defensively. Okay. I know. I know Abaji scored 37. I know. And it's going to be a Come long on. time until somebody scores 37 in, in the fog again. But it, Adams was so good. I mean, Ibaji had a buddy healed type of performance there. There's no, like, at, for me, Adams was the MVP of the two overtimes. But over the course of the entire game, KU would have lost by 15 if Ibaji didn't go off like that. Hot takes, man. It, it's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. I think I Texas it. Tech... If Texas Tech could have gotten a matchup with Bryson Williams down low in this game, they would have won. I, they I would have ended up with, if they don't bring in Adams, if they stick with McCormick or Lightfoot, they Williams ends up with forty. And yeah, I don't think that, Yeah. So 
once again, I think brilliant play by Bill Self, but also you have to give credit to Mark Adams too, because he had his own strategic master plan in the second half to bring Tech back into the game. And I think that was putting TJ Shannon on Agbaji and face guarding him, kind of going away that was from so good. That was brilliant. Yeah. Kind of going away from the strategy of switching everything and kind of playing the natural defense on him because it KU did a really good job throughout the game of switching on of attacking the switches better than pretty much any team that Tech has faced all year. And Agbaji especially is absolutely hunting those screens, especially off the ball. And I think that's something that we saw that Tech was able to do by just straight up face guarding him and forcing KU to play four on four. And I mean, it bought them time. I think eventually Kansas found out ways to kind of exploit that by having Agbaji inbound the ball at the front, have um, Will, or um, what's his name, Harris, bring the ball up the court but as a whole like it bought them numerous possessions in the second half and really allowed tech to get back into the game so i don't want this to just sound like bill self straight up outclassed mark adams because i don't think that's the case i think both guys had some unique wrinkles and that's what made this such a fun game to watch as just a basketball fan because like this was a game that you see a lot of times in march against the best of the best you see it where it's a chess match and i mean sure Tech came up one piece short, ended up losing it. They got checkmated on the last couple moves, but it was a tight game all the way throughout. And you have to be happy with the way that the coaching was on both ends. I think these are two teams that are going to be dangerous going forward. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute fight. Can't say enough good things about the way that both uh, Mark Adams and Bill Self coached tonight or yesterday at this point. Um, I thought that, you know... um, the, the Adams on Williams was a game changer. I think for you to trust a freshman that much was huge. I think that Mark Adams face guarding Abaji was brilliant. I think that to get Bacho as the switch onto Abaji in that corner was brilliant. I think that if you know you would have had another guy on him that was a few inches shorter without a hand in his face, that shot's going in, man. Because that was that was close to begin with. I think that the one the one straw where like I I just have to. I just have to pick a bone with is the final two shots in each overtime period um, by by Shannon. I think the first one I didn't. I don't think he knew how much time was on the clock, and so um, I, I guess that's a factor that you kind of have to write off. Um, I didn't love the last one either. I think that you know Texas Tech really had their hands tied, and I don't know what other options they would have had. I would have to go back and look at the tape, but um, I just I didn't like those two shots. It felt a little forced, and I thought Texas Tech. Might have been able to do something better, but I mean, I'm I'm not on the sideline. Yeah, I think the last shot I don't have a ton of issues with because they were getting ready to foul Shan, and if he takes one more dribble or if he looks to kick, they're going to foul him. So I didn't necessarily have a big issue with that. Your hands are tied. Bill Self traditionally has been a coach that fouls when up by three, and especially against Texas Tech. We've seen it on a couple of occasions in the past now. And it's taken them having to draw up some creative inbound plays in the past to avoid that. So the second overtime, I don't have a big issue with. I think the offense left a little bit to be desired throughout that overtime period. Just like I mentioned, KJ Adams on Bryson Williams made that a difficult overtime. And the first overtime, I think, was a really rough shot in that one because I think Shannon had time to get to the rim. But unfortunately, we've seen that in the past with TJ. It's something that I think he's got to improve on just in terms of late game clock awareness, shot awareness, but you take that. I mean, he's still a really good player. Just two days ago, he dropped 
or three days ago at this point, he dropped 23 points and it is what it is. Like you're not going to win all of these close games. And especially it wasn't a particularly badly executed game at the end of the day, you still had some good sets to bring it within two to tie up the game on a transition break. And you have to take the good with the bad, I guess. Those final 30 minutes of Texas tech basketball were brilliant. I think that nobody wants to watch the first 20 again, but the last 30 were really, really well executed. Quick question for you. Texas Tech should have fouled up three at the end of the first overtime. Disagree. I think there were too, there was too much time left on the clock, um, and especially because you had just fouled out Davion Warren. So you had probably, in my opinion, two to three negative to average three free throw shooters on the court. If you play the foul game, I think Kansas probably would have been able to get a two-point game down the stretch. And, I mean, Tech's defense in the final possessions has been absolutely incredible in terms of switching, forcing tough shots all year. And Agbaji made a difficult one, and you have to live with that. Yeah, I'm kind of split on it. I'm always a guy that thinks that you should foul up three. But like you mentioned, I think Tech got that lead with 23 seconds left. There was... A lot of time. Um, I, I think for me, I might lean a little bit closer to should have fouled just because Abaji was struggling from the free throw line, um, which feels so crazy that he still managed to end up with 37. But either way, I don't think it was a do or die play. Um, I know that some would argue that it was, but felt like either way, um, it was what it was. At the end of our last segment, I want to break down Bryson Williams and just talk a little bit about where Texas Tech can go from here. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon cash back or more on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a year in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code score to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank that's code score texas tech with a tough loss to swallow 91 to 94 to kansas but all things considered, um, really not much to complain about with um, the overall performance by Texas Tech. I mean, we could get nitpicky, and I know that I have been a little bit on this episode, but also got to celebrate the good, and I'm not sure that we'll ever see a performance like we saw um, from Bryson Williams tonight. I mean, for this guy to just continue to do this to Kansas is is unreal. It's like he didn't get offered by them coming out of high school or something. Tonight he had 33 on 14 of 19 shooting from deep. He was 4 of 4 or 14 of 19 shooting from the field. If he did that from deep, that would have been uh, really impressive. He went 4 of 4 from deep, made one free throw, had five boards and assist. I mean, he was just, he was brilliant. I mean, he's the reason that this game went to two overtimes. He was the only reliable source of offense for Texas Tech at most of the points of this game. I mean, really up until O'Banner had that really good stretch at the end of the second half. He was just, he was phenomenal today. And I I think I'm ready to say that he's Texas Tech's best player right now. I, I really do think so. He's been streaky and there's a way for him to kind of 
you know, continue to struggle and, and hit some of the road bumps that he had earlier in the season. But right now, there's not a guy on this roster that I trust more to put the ball in the basket than Bryson Williams. What percentage do you think he's shooting from three without looking? In conference play or overall season? 34? 47%. Oh, my goodness. On the Granted, season? Yes, on the season, oh he's 23 of 49, two and a half attempts per game. In conference play, he is now 48% from three. <laughs> All of them doing... are from the top of the key, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has got to be shooting at least 50% from the top of the key this season. And I'll look at that at some point. Um, I know someone. there's someone that I know that has some of the play-by-play breakdowns that can do the actual location three, and I'll take a look at that at some point. But certainly, I mean, someone Bryson Williams is hitting 50% of his threes from the top of the key and shooting nearly 47% from three over the course of the season. I did not expect that, and I think – that's just such a swing skill for him. If he's shooting that accurately, you have to say he's the best player on the team. And I think TJ Shannon has a potential to get back to that. But right now, I don't think he's fully healthy. And I mean, beyond that, you've got a whole lot of complimentary players. And I think Williams tonight was fan or last night at this point was fantastic. And the ability to finish in the paint, he was able to score through the post. He was able to hit face up jumpers, hit off the screen and roll. He was absolutely everywhere. And I think, that's just a development. I don't know if he's going to ever have another game where he's that accurate from the field. Certainly, he banked in a three. He had a couple of ridiculously tough makes. But you have to be happy with what he's been able to produce. And I also want to give a shout-out to Kevin O'Banner because the shot is not falling. That's the one thing that has not gone well for his game. He's struggling for three. I tweeted out before halftime. He'd have to make, I believe it was 30 four consecutive threes and 30 or 42 consecutive free throws just to match his percentages from last year. And with that said, he's still found ways to be one of the best players for attack. And he's done so really in the paint. I mean, he's shot now 22 of his last 25 from two point range have gone in. He's getting more offensive rebounds than anyone else on this team. And I mean, he's found a way to be efficient offensively with the shot falling refusing to fall and I think that has to bode well because I can't see Kevin O'Banner being a sub 30% free three-point shooter for very long he's he's putting the ball in the basket right now and it's it's really really fun to watch I think that he's been really a key part of Texas Tech staying in these games and I'd be interested to see of all those two-point field goals how many of them came off of an offensive rebound because the dude has just been everywhere he has been crashing the glass so well he had three offensive rebounds tonight had many of those down the stretch when it counted the most two of those were in the second half um and i believe the other so that means that five were in overtime it's so late i'm not even going to try to do math right now but he's just been really really good underneath the basket and i feel like he's really carved out a role for himself there whereas at the beginning of the season i would have said no way don't waste Kevin O'Banner down low. Um, he's one of the only guys that's going to be able to space the floor this season. Go put him on the perimeter and let Bryson Williams and Marcus Santos Silva get the ball down low. But Kevin O'Banner, dude, he, he's finding a way to continue to get minutes, and he's been really, really good. That block that he had was he had so three good. of them. Three blocks tonight, um, yeah. and, and one of them was just at an absolutely pivotal time. I can't remember if it was in the first overtime or the second overtime, but – 
Um, just a huge, huge defensive play. It feels like he's kind of continuing to gain some momentum and comfort on that side of the floor, which I know was an area that we were a little worried about in the offseason. But um, he, he's taken the hand that's been dealt to him with his shot, and he's just finding a way to contribute to this team anyways. And so I think you really, really got to celebrate that. Looking at the rest of the Texas Tech box score, I mean, you had Davion Warren, 15 points, 5 assists, 2 turnovers, 5 fouls. Um, felt like he made a couple of questionable decisions in this game, but um, got to the free throw line a lot for Texas Tech and made them. I thought that that was really key. Um, we already touched on Shannon and McCuller. I think Texas Tech needs to get them back. And quickly, Marcus Santos Silva had an absolutely just incredible first half. Adonis Arms fell off the face of the earth at some point in this game. Um, I, I have no idea what happened to him. I don't think he played a single minute in the overtime period, but... Um, Texas Tech, man, three-point loss, um, a, a lot more points than I was expecting. But all things considered, I uh, I think you take it, right? Yeah, I think you have to take it because, once again, this is, the odds are always going to be against you in Allen Fieldhouse against the top five Kansas team. And to come really within just one play of being able to come away with a victory is very incredible, especially considering the fact that Tech goes down 12 in the second half. And just looking at some of the box scores, Kevin McCuller had the worst game of his career. And to come that close to winning with your best ball handler, or the one that plays the most at least, having the worst game of his career, and TJ Shannon not having a good game either, it's impressive. I also want to give a quick shout-out to Malik Wilson, making me look good because I tweeted that he was the only player in the country with a steal percentage and block percentage above 4.5%. And what is he do? Comes out unlimited limited playing time and has two blocks and one steal. So... Another nice game from him defensively. I think offensively still trying to find his footing with his injury kind of limiting him some, but certainly a really nice outing from Wilson. And I think you just have to be able to get McCuller and Shannon back into game shape, keep getting them more comfortable in the offense. And if it means putting them off ball a little bit more, I think you have to do it. Because Davion Warren had a pretty decent game as a ball handler, even though he made some questionable decisions. He also had some good facilitating moves and really got to the rim well, which I think was a nice development from what we've seen in times past. Wilson is just, I mean, for a guy that had surgery like a handful of weeks ago, is playing really, really well, and and the knee is still clearly bothering him, and I know that people are always asking right now, like, why isn't Malik Wilson getting more minutes? I I think it's got to be because of the injury. He's clearly not at full strength, and I think that's bothering him a lot. But, I mean, there's really, like, not... Not a ton of overarching takeaways. You've got to get your team healthy. Um, I think you did a lot in this game that was kind of your brand and what you built your your team on this season. You scored the ball really well in the paint. You played a lot of really good defense. You forced a lot of turnovers. Um, you you tried your best to you know stay stay vigilant on the glass. But this Kansas team is is pretty good there. Um, and yeah, I mean outside when you have a night where your two best players are. 2 of 22 or whatever from the field, it's just going to be tough to win. And so I think right now the plan is get those guys healthy. Texas Tech, man, they've got four days off. That That is huge. That is really, really huge. It's an eternity. It's, it's an eternity. And I don't think that they've had a stretch this long off since the season started, at least not until Big 12 play started. And so I'm sure that they will savor every single second Nobody needs it more than Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr. I mean, Kevin McCuller led the team in minutes tonight. He played 43 minutes. Um, the ankle was clearly bothering him. He was holding it at points during this game. 
just a just a crazy effort from those two guys. Um, and, and you got to really respect the effort and the grit to go out there and play that many minutes in this game. But other than that, man, Texas Tech is back in business on Saturday when uh, Mississippi State comes to town. So we will get to preview them later in the week. How how you feeling about that team, Emory? I think Mississippi State's been maybe a little bit worse than I expected this season. Obviously, they brought in Garrison Brooks. They have a pretty talented roster, but certainly I think this is a game Tech should be favored in and probably will be one of the more, not easier wins, so to speak, but one that you should comfortably be able to win compared to the rest of your schedule. Yeah, hopefully the uh, we can uh, break the pirate curse for, for good now. I mean, a win in basketball and football has to seal it, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you've just got to say that Tech has Mike Leach and Mississippi State's number. That's right, of course. Well, we will have plenty of more coverage on that game coming up later in the week. So be sure to follow us on Twitter throughout the week. You can follow Emery and I at our handles, which are listed on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, which you absolutely should be. But if you're not, you can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emery at eraser 41 And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU. Be sure to subscribe and follow our feeds wherever you listen, especially if you are watching on YouTube. It would really, really help us out. Leave us a like, follow our page, subscribe, share our channel with someone you love that's not watching enough Locked On Texas Tech. And we would love to put some hot takes in their lives. In the meantime... Let us know what you're thinking about the show. Let us know your thoughts on this Texas Tech loss. And we will be back tomorrow, um, maybe with a little bit of football coverage. We'll see. We finally get a chance to catch our breath and see what Joey McGuire and company have been doing on that side of campus. But thank you again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.